do hope you do. Uh, Please turn to uh, those two verses. In fact, I'll read the two verses again. So it's James 4, 11 and 12. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it by sit- but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you? Who are you to judge your neighbour? Okay, so I was uh, I was rereading an article this week that I first picked up years ago in a, in a sort of scientific journal. And it, the article was called this. It was called The Five Biggest Problems That Are Facing Humanity. It's a pretty grand title for an article, really, isn't it? The Five Biggest Problems Facing Humanity. So it had, you know, what you would expect. It had stuff like uh, economic collapse and, uh, yeah, what was the other one? It had... Continued discrimination highlighted that, and then global warming. These were the sorts of things that it was talking about. Well, in some ways, that's what James has been doing in this kind of big central or, 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 or middle section of this letter, hasn't he? He's been talking about the big problems, not problems that are facing the world, but he's been talking about big problems that are facing the church, isn't it? You know, problems like uh, wannabe, wannabe leaders. He's dealt with that. And the problem of a lack of wisdom. We had that. The problem of infighting and quarreling in churches. And the problem of a lack of humility. And what happens tonight is that In these two verses that we're looking at, what James does is he concludes that big central chunk of his letter. And he concludes it by going back to one of his main themes. And he goes back to one of the big problems that faced that church and these churches. And it's a problem that this church faces. And it's a problem that all churches face. He goes back to the problem of critical speech. That's where we're at tonight, folks. Critical speech. And we'll do what what we tend to do. We're going to look at three points. But the first two points will be the two sort of commands or two sort of prohibitions, that's better, prohibitions that are at the core of what James is saying here. So they'll make up our first two points, and then in the third point, we'll look at why it is that James gives us these commands. Okay? So two prohibitions, and then the reason behind them. So, let's look at our first point. Our first prohibition... It's a kind of obvious one. We must not slander. Okay? We must not slander. 
Now, in a company that uh, I used to work for years ago, it feels like decades ago, uh, we had this sort of well-known area manager. And this guy uh, was efficient. You know, this guy, he knew his stuff. He was incredibly good at his job. But he was also renowned as being a man of very, very few words. And so it was when I met him, you know, for the first time. He came into the office... And there was no chit-chat whatsoever. You know, he came in and, you know, he was on business. He came in, no niceties whatsoever. And he just told me the order that needed placing and the time that it needed placed. The time it needed placed. So it was just a short, sharp instruction. And that's what we've got here. In James, in verse 11, we've got a similarly concise command here. Don't we just see it in verse 11? Because really, there's only three words at the heart of this command that we've got to consider just now. Three words. Do not slander. It's short. It's snappy. But what does it mean? What does it mean, do not slander? Well, what the NIV calls slandering The ESV calls speaking evil against someone. I tell you, that's helpful. Because that gets us nearer to the original meaning of this word here. In the Bible, to to slander, it means to speak against somebody. It means to backbite. Yeah? It means to gossip about somebody. So really what we're talking about here is a prohibition against personal verbal attacks. That's it. A prohibition against personal verbal attacks. And at that point, can I just ask you, you know, if you've been sitting through this series, what do you think about all of this stuff? You know, what do you think about this repeated refrain that James keeps going back to? All this stuff, time again about the tongue. Time and time again about speech. Do you think it's just kind of James's weird obsession that he's got about speech and Christian speech? Is that what it is? You know, do you think that if we were tonight to sit and talk about the big, broad themes of Scripture... Do you think that this would be just a sort of thing that's peripheral? That something is just tagged on at the end? Well, in actual fact, what we find when, when we examine Scripture, that it's not just a sort of bee in James's bonnet, all this talk about speech. You know, what we find when, when we study Scripture, we see that from beginning to end, that in reality what we've got is a, a call for the people of God, for you, To refrain from slandering. It's all the way through scripture. From the beginning to end. So take a deep breath. Listen. Leviticus 19. You shall not go around as a slanderer. Psalm 50. 
to the wicked, God says, you slander your own mother's son. Jeremiah 6, rebels go about slandering. Second Corinthians, I fear there may be quarreling and slander among you. Second Peter, rid yourselves of, of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and, you guessed it, and slander. Do you see the picture that, that begins to emerge? Do you see what we're saying here? You know, this prohibition that James makes, it isn't just a sort of tag-on at the end of Christian living. Not a bit of it. This call, do not slander, it plays a crucial role in your Christ-like pursuit of holy living. It is important. It is important. We do not slander. Okay, but let's tie it down a wee bit more than that, okay? We've seen what it means. We've seen that slandering is speaking against somebody, and we've seen that there's this big sort of significant scriptural appeal not to do it. But practically speaking, practically speaking, how do we avoid slander? How do we avoid it? Well, uh, with all this talk of uh, Syria in the, uh, in the news in the last week, there's also been a sort of thing in the background, hasn't there? You know, with all this talk about whether we should go into Syria or attack Syria, in the background, there's kind of talk about the mistakes that were made in Iraq. And with all that talk, there's... There were, certainly at the time of the Iraq war, there were accusations made against Western leaders. And one of the accusations was that they told half-truths, wasn't it? That was an accusation levelled at certainly leaders in this country. Well, I guess if I'm honest, as maybe what what I did at the beginning of this point tonight, might have told a half-truth or part of a truth. Because I said that the core of this command was three words. And that's true. The core of that command is three words. But there are words on either side of it. And do you see what they are? Look at it in verse 11. It doesn't just say, do not slander. What does it say? Brothers, do not slander one another. Brothers. Do not slander one another. Do you see the point? This isn't just a call from James to rid ourselves of speaking against people. This is a a specific and a particular call not to slander our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And that leads us somewhere, doesn't it? That leads us to a question. The question that I'd like to ask you just now. Which is more common in your speech? Is it the building up of Christians to their face? Or is it the tearing down of Christians behind their back? Which is more common in your speech? I'll put it another way. Which do you do more often? Do you defend and encourage 
brother and sister in Jesus Christ? Or do you criticize and badmouth your fellow believers? Which is most common? Because you see, James' concern here is very much the unity and the harmony of the church. And that's, that's where we've got to be at. You know, we've got to see that, you know, we might be few in this place, but guess what? We are family. Family in Jesus Christ. More than that, what are we described as? We're described as brothers. You know, we are on a level with each other. And you know what we've got to see? We've got to understand that if we slander each other and if we speak against each other, do you know what we're doing? We are dishonoring, we are slandering the name of Jesus Christ. The one from whom we get our identity. The one from whom we get our family name. This is not peripheral stuff. This is very, very important. Brothers, do not slander one another. Okay. I, uh, I saw a book advertised over the weekend. Uh, it's uh, quite an interesting book. It's a book where the author tries to sort of determine what the Western world thinks of Christians. What the Western world thinks of Christians. And in the blurb that I was reading about the book, a sort of number of adjectives are given. It didn't make for a great reading, to be honest. It said that Christians are often seen as being insensitive or hypocritical, and so on. But one of the adjectives caught my eye, because it's especially relevant tonight into our second point. Because the book said that Christians are often seen as being judgmental. We're often seen as being judgmental. So our second point tonight, remember the second prohibition. We must not judge. We must not judge. So we start, right, James has started here in verse 11 with slander. Okay, that's, that's been his focus. But he, 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 there's a new verb he introduces. He, he, he moves his focus a wee bit. And look what he says. Verse 11. Anyone who speaks against, anyone who slanders his brother or judges him, speaks against the law. And I read an author. He kind of sums that up. He said, James quickly shifts from slander to the sin of judgment. So that's fine. We've got... Judgment, that's the new focus. But what does not judging someone, what does that mean? Or what does it involve? Okay, let's think about what it doesn't mean, alright, just, just for a moment or two. This prohibition, this command, this prohibition about against judging people, it doesn't mean that we can never use any sort of a judgment whatsoever. It doesn't mean that we can never judge anything or anyone. It is not, it's not a sort of a, a blanket ban on the use of our critical faculties, is it? Not a chance. It's not saying that we can't have sound judgment. I mean, that wouldn't make sense. Scripture tells us to make judgments. Jesus 
encouraged his disciples to make judgment. James, all the way through the letter, James encourages us to make judgment. So it's not a blanket ban on the use of our critical faculties. Okay, what does it mean? Well, to understand this, do not judge that that emphasis. To understand it, we've got to see what's in the shadows here, don't we? What's in the background? Do you remember what we've seen? We saw it in the first sermon in James, and we've seen it all the way through. We've seen that in the background is the Sermon on the Mount. James relies heavily on what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. And how did Jesus bring the Sermon on the Mount to conclusion? What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 7 verse 1, what does he say? Do not judge. And what Jesus was calling for in the Sermon on the Mount is what James is calling for here. They're calling for an end to our critical spirit. It's a call not to criticize each other. It's a call not to be fault-finding, not to be prescriptive in church, not to judge how people raise their kids, you know. They love to do that. It's a call not to judge how, how people spend their money. It's a call not to judge how people spend their time. Do not judge. It is a call not to focus on each other, but to focus on our own hearts and our own relationship with God. Now, I'm sure you all know who John Stott is, do you? John Stott was the former minister of all souls. He has got a corking quote on this. He says, of not being judgmental, he says this, listen to this, of not being judgmental, this is a command not to be blind, it's a command to be generous. It's a command not to be blind, but to be generous. A command not to just give up any form of sort of assessment whatsoever, no, it's a call to be generous. Call to chuck out that critical, fault-finding spirit. And in the previous point, you know, we're talking about slandering. And we saw that James makes that very specific about brothers, about Christians. Who's the focus here when we're talking about judging? Well, remember that book I was just talking about? That book that sort of accuses Christians of being uh, judgmental. Well, we see here in these verses why that is just such an awful thing. Why it's such a shameful thing for the people of God. Because who is it that James is telling us not to be judgmental about? Do you see it? Look at the last, last phrase of verse 12. Who are we not to judge? It says, who are you to judge your neighbor? Your neighbor. And and who's our neighbor? You know, we've already seen it in the Good Samaritan quite recently. Our neighbor is everyone, you know. 
Our neighbours, everyone, the people inside the church, the people outside the church. Do you see the point? You know, it's obvious that we shouldn't be judgmental in here. And it's kind of obvious that we shouldn't judge our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. But we're also being told that we shouldn't take that judgmental, critical spirit out there. Because if we do that, it harms the cause of the gospel. If we are judgmental, if we're critical, if we're picking fault all the time, it affects the way that people view Christians. And if we're judgmental, it will affect the way that people view Christ. So, as before, it kind of leads naturally to a question, doesn't it? So I ask you this, if your friends were asked, and if the people in your life were asked to give some adjectives to describe what you're like, what would they say? Would they say critical? Would they say fault-finding? Are we known as judgmental people? Now, uh, one of the most successful TV programs of recent times in the UK, and I think it's made its way over to the US as well, is the program Supernanny. Has anybody seen Supernanny? I'm sure you have. I'm sure you're all regular watchers of this. If you haven't seen it, uh, there's this this lady, uh, Jo Frost, I think her name is, and she comes in and she helps parents to sort of look after unruly kids. Supernanny, that's what she is. And uh, she encourages parents. There's this sort of rule that she's got almost. She encourages parents not just to bark orders at their kids, okay? She encourages them to sort of get down to the kids' level and speak to the kids and tell them why it is. Explain the reason behind the instructions that she's that they're giving. And that's what we've got here. Because James isn't just issuing sort of prohibitions here. It's not just do not slander and, and, and that's it. He also explains the reasoning behind these things to us, the children of God. And we see that in our final point. Seen, do not slander, do not judge. The last thing, point three, the reasons for not speaking critically. The reasons for not speaking critically. And really, all I've got to say is two very, very short things here. One, we shouldn't slander or judge because it goes against the law. That's what we're told. It goes against the law, but what does it mean? Well, what we're told is that if we slander, if we judge, what we are 
actually doing, folks, is we are judging the law. We are deciding for ourselves. We are kind of picking and choosing what parts of the law are important and what parts of the law we can just chuck out. You know, when we're judging, if, you know, what we'll do is we'll judge a person's attitude to alcohol, let's say. Whereas we kind of play down our own problems with lust. Or we'll, we'll, we'll slander a person's immorality. You know, we'll just go to town and slander it. And all the time we ourselves are showing a total lack of mercy, a, a, a lack of compassion. We, we slander, we judge, we, we judge the, the, the law. And what law is it that James has got in mind? Well, we've seen that before. What law is it? We saw it in the previous chapter. It's the royal law. It's that law that is at the heart of Christ's ethical teaching. Do love your neighbor as yourself. If we slander, if we judge, we don't love our neighbor as we should. So critical speech goes against the law. That's the first thing. Now, how good's your memory? Do you remember about ten years ago that there was a coup, an attempted coup in Equatorial Guinea? Do you remember that? I think it was it was particularly newsworthy because Margaret Thatcher's son Mark was allegedly involved in it. This coup in Equatorial Guinea. So what happened was that this group of mercenaries, they, they come in there and they, they try and sort of overthrow the government. They try and lay their hands on uh, all these vast natural resources in the country. And it was a failed attempt. You see, just as we close, what we've got to see is that when we judge others, that is what we are trying to do to God. Because we go against the law. But the second reason James gives us here is that we go against the lawgiver. See, look what he says. He describes God as the only lawgiver and judge. You know, God's the one who's... (laughs) Think about it. God is the one who's created the law. He is the only one who is entitled to pass judgment, isn't he? And when we slander each other, when we judge, what are we doing? We are attempting a coup. We are attempting to wrestle control from God. We are trying to and attempting to usurp God's authority to judge. We go against the law, but we go against the law giver. And we end with this. This is the last thing. Are you a Christian tonight? Do you profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is that you tonight? Well, if so, then surely you see that God has shown you incredible mercy. And surely you rejoice in that. Surely you see that you deserved criticism. 
you deserved fault finding. You deserved judgment. But instead, what happened? God showed you mercy. You know, He showed you grace. Now, we started the sermon and we were talking about what was that daft title? The biggest, five biggest problems facing humanity. Well, you know, and I know that that was wrong. We know that the biggest problem facing humanity is that people are not hearing and they are not embracing the gospel. That's the biggest problem. And you know, folks, we can maybe do something about that. Can't we? We can point to that glorious mercy in Jesus Christ. We can point to that if we will only go out there and show other people mercy. If we don't slander and if we don't judge. Now, are you doing that? Are you merciful? Is your life, is it a life that is characterized by a generous spirit? Is your life a life that is characterized by generous speech? Is it? Let's pray.